want to know which models to choose? And do you want the latest war score reviews? And do you want to hear intelligent views? Then don't listen to this podcast. It's season four of the Rage of Sigmar. It's season four of the Rage of Sigmar. Jacob sets up the joke, then Joe steals the punchline. It's a bit they use all the time. It's season four of the Rage of Sigmar. It's season four of the Rage of Sigmar. And we are back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Rage of Vinsmar, your favorite podcast that definitely doesn't happen on Wednesdays and definitely isn't weekly. As always, we are helmed by the man, the myth, the legend, Joseph M. for Mario after his father, Pagano. Hey. Hey. And with us, we have a very, very special guest. You might know him from such productions as the Rantcast with Mr. Mephisto and the masked damn Soulbound show you ever heard of. Also, he does a... <laughs> quad monthly Warhammer show on the the Thursday eve the eve of Thursday the eve eve before Thursday uh and um hobby cheating uh it's Vinny Vinny Venturelli Hey hey what's going on buddy and yes that that is all exactly the order I would have listed my credits in no notes whatsoever Jacob perfect I don't actually do oh, well I with thought... the phrase no notes because then it's just on me to figure out how I can improve. And then I ask Joe and he just tells me every time, nothing, you're perfect. So it's really hard for me to improve at anything. Explains a lot about the trajectory of your career, I suspect. Thing? Fuck you. Thank you. I would, I would I think say fuck you. Every time, every time I talk to Vince, I can't tell if he hates me or not. So it's really great. Books, so. Well, I love you both. That's the simple answer. He loves us enough to come on here, but also hates us enough to come on here. <laughs> it's as with all good things, it's a love hate relationship. Yes, correct. Right. I, I, I am a known Slanesh worshiper, so no part of this should surprise you. Right. You put so yourself. It's a love. It's love hate. So Vince hates us and we love having a podcast yeah right right (laughs) (laughs) all the bases are covered i'll tell you what my favorite thing about this whole thing is is that uh there is an exactly zero percent chance that vince promotes us on any of his socials it's not going to be his pick of the week for this coming wednesday (laughs) he's gonna i i mean i i don't blame you i wouldn't put it as my pick of the week uh if you ever had me on your show again but you stopped inviting me after the first time that is not true at all. I would, I will have both or either of you on any time, together or separate, whatever. Wednesdays don't work for me. I'm sorry. Yeah, and I don't. Oh, I don't I'm, not, I'm. I'm no longer in the union, so it's it's hard for me to negotiate the contracts required. Um. So, yeah, we we've wanted for a very long time to have you on the show. Um. Pretty much since the mega cast that never got released. Um. And you know, so if anyone doesn't know who Vince is, and you listen to our show. That's absolutely mind-boggling. Whenever we have a higher-profile guest and we like intro them, it's like, ah, oh, you. Of course, you know this person, but like, I would, I would actually eat another dice before I thought that someone knew who we were, but didn't know who you were. I, there has to be someone. I, I absolutely believe that you guys have a very dedicated following, and the you know word of mouth is spread. Everybody knows this is the go-to source 
for everything AOS. So I'm, I'm sure there's quite a, quite a few. Yeah, we, so we I'm, I'm happy for the boost to exposure. So thank you both very much. We do deliver like some of the sharpest tactical uh, information, the most, the best hobby tips. Um, we also we do we do really good on. rumor rumor engine. We hit that hard. Yeah. We're really good mm-hmm. at. Rumor yeah, I mean, it's the insights that keep bringing people back. Yes, correct. Yeah, I'm just surprised you agreed to go on a show that you've never listened to. <laughs> 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 well, I trust both of you, so there you go. So, First mistake. So, so you're a great painter and a really bad judge of character. I think that's basically what I'm saying. Yes, correct. All right, we can we can do your question now, Joe. What's everyone drinking? Uh, yeah, what is everyone drinking right now? I think I saw Vince was having a San Pellegrino, very Italian. I I was. I finished it. Now I'm on to my my standard strawberry Sobe water. Since I don't um, drink alcohol, also, so there also you go. very, very Italian. Is Sobe Italian? It is now. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I'm drinking a Red's Hard Apple because my neighbor saw that I had a bunch of ciders in my fridge when, when they came over and had dinner. And he doesn't know that Red's isn't a cider. So I wasn't going to tell him. All he drinks is Bud Light and Jameson. Uh, oh, yeah. So he tried really hard <laughs> by even getting me a Red's in the first place. Oh, that's nice of him. It's very neighborly. It's, it's it was incredibly neighborly. He actually did it over a fence, and I couldn't see below his like lower eyelashes. Um, sure, standard standard home improvement move there. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, so I'm drinking a soda streamed tap water. Oh, I really I wanted that anesthesia. to be like vodka in a soda stream. <laughs> I, I had anesthesia today, so so um, you're plenty high already. I can't really consume alcohol. All right, fine. Follow-up question, since you guys are not drinking alcohol. What flavor vapes are you each hitting tonight? Uh, for me, it's my standard uh, new menthol. I have only one flavor I ever use. It's uh, just it's a very boring but effective menthol-flavored vape. I was really hoping you were going to say strawberry Sobe. <laughs> Yeah, just just really layering on the strawberry. Just, just mainlining that strawberry in my veins. That's what I need. Uh, mine's mango. No kidding. So you've moved off of corn pop. Yeah, place closed. Oh, that's unfortunate. That's yeah, unfortunate. Um, so Vince, I, I assume you got the show notes. Do you want to lead off with uh with with your thoughts on the main topic for the day? Uh, you know, uh, if you're gonna let me just randomly pick a topic because you and I both know that there was no show notes in advance. And uh, I, I see your clever trap and repost, which is if you decide you're going to hand me this thing, okay, then I will just take it and we'll run with it in wherever direction I feel like going here, which I'm not sure is what you actually want to do. Look, Meph does it on on everyone else's show, and and uh, I think that it's well, only right. We did it. We did it on his show. Yeah, we did. I don't know if you caught that, Vince, but it was it was probably my favorite show we've done together. We did three different sets of top five lists about each other. Um, Wonderful. With, you know, Is this we, the show where you randomly left when he got up to get a drink or whatever? To be fair, it was like 1130. I had to go to bed. It was. That, that, that was the same episode. Uh, Wonderful. Yes, I did watch that episode. And, uh, you know, I mean... As a host, you can't get up and walk away. That's the that's the lesson there. So we did know. vamp for a bit. 
that's, did. That's also why there's two of us. It gives the other a break to make sure our guest doesn't flee. Yeah, yeah, it works pretty well. Yeah. And then sometimes Joe will walk off and he'll type something in the chat like, hey, just keep the conversation going with our guest. I'm going to go grab a drink or something and I'll just keep talking because I know he's got his headphones on that are Bluetooth so he can hear me, but he doesn't respond so he sounds like a chump on the cast. But yeah, Vince, yeah, nice. let's... Uh, I, I will I will not only call your call of my bluff, I will um <laughs> I will okay. I will uh I will raise you and say that okay. Joe and I have very insightful and passionate things we can say about the topic that you've prepared. All right. All right, very good. Uh okay. So that's fine. If we're if we're gonna talk about just any old thing that I feel like, if that's if that's the order du jour, all right, then mm-hmm. My question. Yeah, indeed. Who doesn't, right? Yeah. It's good. It's cold out. It's a good time for. What's your favorite? It's fall. It's soup time. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get on to the real meat and potatoes of this. Vince, top five soups. Oh, you fell right into this trap. (laughs) Using French. All right. Top top five soups. Very good. Okay. Uh, Well, first of all, these will be in no particular order because I haven't ranked them. So this is just, you know, any. These are all in the top five, but I'm not assigning them a particular place. We got to start with good old fashioned chicken and noodle. It's a stock standby. There's nothing wrong with it. It's, you know, it is what it is, right? It's there. Would you include uh, uh, like chicken and rice in that, in that soup sure. category? Uh, to me, that's interchangeable, right? You're just switching your starch. It's effectively the same. Are we, soup. Are we going oh, as far chicken, as say chicken that... and dumpling? Oh. Uh, it feels like a stretch. That, that feels like a bridge too far. I'm willing to make the noodle rice substitution. I'm not saying chicken and dumpling is bad. I'm just saying I think it, that is a different soup. So you just said. Matzo ball soup. Oh, yeah. Never liked it. You son of a bitch. Thanks for coming on. It's been real. <laughs> My late grandmother is turning over in her grave. Sorry. No, no, she passed away. It's okay. <laughs> well, then you may want to look into that. There's probably something wrong if she's actually turning around in her in her grave. Wow. Uh, insensitive. Wow. Yeah, I like, did not see that coming. <laughs> never liked matzah. Uh, no, so, you know, good old chicken and noodle. I'll accept, this, I'll accept the chicken and rice sub. Uh, a good like egg drop soup. Mm, that's a solid that's, one. That's a good choice. The the key with a good egg drop soup is it can't have the burnt egg pieces in it. You know, you go from like what you want is just like you got to get it from what I would call like a low quality Chinese place. You know, you don't want I don't want anything fancy. Yeah, if you have to right, use I teeth, to yellow. If you have to use teeth, you you've already you've already failed. Well, well the trick right. the trick with Chinese restaurants in my area is you only go to the ones where the grease is so thick you can't clearly see through the window. Correct. But Correct. Clean, exactly right. You don't want to eat at a clean Chinese food takeout spot. Yep. Yep, and totally, totally is agree. Wearing jackets, no matter what time of year, it's it's fucking freezing in there year round. Now, I assume we're counting pho as a soup. Okay, only if you okay. say it correctly. Pho yeah, is that better for you? Pho. Not much. Yeah. All right. Whatever. Okay. Pho. Yes. Go on. Yes, exactly. P H O. Pho. Pho. Fi Fi Pho. Fum. Yep. Whatever. The so, Vietnamese. Uh, fucking eighty-eight. Uh, and that would absolutely be in my list. Uh, that is fantastic. Would you lump? Fantastic would you lump soup. like ramens and and udons and sort of just other types of no, Yeah, ramen's totally different. It's uh, you a know. league of its own. Okay. Yeah, like I'm I'm willing to put ramen in this top five. Okay, okay, because mm-hmm. I Spoiler think ramen alert. is fantastic. But it's totally different. It's a totally different situation. Mm-hmm. Completely agree. agreed. There's a great game store in Eastern. Or it's, at, it's north of Philadelphia. 
Okay. Oh, I know what you're talking about. The one that has the the, the ramen inside. Correct. Yeah. That's so it's like slaughter is. Yeah. Oh, is it really? There you go. Yeah. Summer's laughter. Yeah. Yes, summer's laughter, and it's a great place because yes, it's like a ramen restaurant slash game store. The guy who started the game store was like a gamer, but he really wanted to be a ramen chef, so he just said, "Well, I'll just do both." And I've been to that it's, store it's before. Good. It's, it is really good. Yeah, I was impressed by that place. That's uh, where like, uh, Jared uh, Nelman and uh, Sean Pahather. They that's their store. They hang out at the basement. Hmm. Uh, the basement called Cell. No, no, Cellar War Planners or something. It's it's DWC, right? Yeah, down with cock. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> there it is. You got it. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. Yeah. And then finally would be like just a good you wanna you want at least one good hearty soup on there, and for me, that's like a cream of broccoli soup. I was thinking like broccoli like, cheddar. Really? That's a good Yeah, that's exactly. Good and and again, yeah. there you can accept I'll accept all the variations. Maybe it's a broccoli cheddar, maybe it's a cream of broccoli, something like that. But that's a good hearty sort of winter soup i'm not really a squash person so like a lot of the a lot of the hearty squash soups that people go to in the fall really are, are sort of a miss not for a, me not a bisque but, guy not into your sweet soups yeah not a bisque don't like a don't like a lobster bisque don't like a french onion i don't like any soup that has some kind of extra la- sedimentary layer on top i've got to remove i'm not down with so that. how about sedimentary uh, layer at the bottom like a miso I can do a miso. Miso is good. It wouldn't make my top five, but I like it. It's a solid. Soup. Yeah, it's a, it's a solid side soup. Yes, yes, that's just it. Would you ever go to lunch and be like, "I'm just going to have a bowl of miso"? Like, no, that's not that's not anything. No, no that's it's nothing. Just, it's like uh, avolimino soup. Like, you, I can never just eat avolimino soup, but if I get Greek food, I'll have that instead of the salad. You know, right. and I you know? I almost feel that way also about wonton soup, which is. My number one soup. That's, you're fucking crazy. I could eat wonton soup every day. I could. No, me too. Me too. Time. But I rarely am going to eat that by itself. Oh, no, I do that all the time. I'm, I'm going to side with Jacob on this one. I do see it as part of a, a larger situation. Like it's part of a, it's part of your balanced breakfast, as it were. You know? Wait, hold on. Uh, right, now we have to do top five breakfast soups because apparently you're having wonton soup for breakfast. <laughs> I, uh, but my, but ultimately, that would also be another near miss. Like a wonton soup's a great soup. That's, there's nothing wrong there. I agree. No, it's definitely, that's definitely my top five. Could, um, can I take mine now? Yeah, go for it, Joe. Five, five, five. All right. So, number, number one, I want to give a honorable mention to a soup that I thought, um, I thought that, uh, um, Vince would go for and that's pasta fagiole. No, a nice Italian bean soup, mm-hmm. but uh, it doesn't make my top five either. My number one is chicken tortilla soup. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a good soup. Yeah, okay, okay. Yeah, and then my number two is definitely New England clam chowder. Damn it, Joe. Now I gotta, I fucking I gotta change chowder. my list. Yeah, because it's so good, right? It's, it's like one amazing. of the best soups out ever. And then um, I like... I make a like a lemon and shrimp soup that's really fantastic with leeks. What kind of base is it? A chicken, that's, a chicken, chicken yeah, base? Chicken broth, yeah, mm-hmm. chicken broth. And then um, that's really good. And I love it, you know, dude. When it comes to nostalgia and being a kid and like the cold, a tomato soup with a grilled cheese sandwich is just spectacular. Those two things combined are fantastic. And then. My final soup would probably be pozole. Oh, man. You keep picking ones that I... All right. You know, it's funny. I don't have any nostalgia for any soup. 
because when I was young, I didn't I didn't grow up in a soup household. Oh, so, wow. yeah, neither my parents nor my grandparents were really big on soups. So it just wasn't it wasn't really a part of of any meal I had. Where did you grow up? Yeah. Uh, just basically in Northwest Ohio, okay. a small town. You guys, you didn't eat like Italian wedding soup or any of that? No, no, wow. that's just it. It was never, it was never part of, uh, never part of meals. So I, I never got to develop that, you know, that palate for it when I was younger, right? Yeah, that's. Uh, I think I can appreciate your your list more now because it's not informed just by emotion. It's it's raw, pure intellect. While while Joe's is. I think all emotional eating, you know, like, <laughs> I, I can see Joe crying into every single one of those soups <laughs> as like a seven-year-old. It's so good. Why are mom and dad <laughs> Why isn't this fixing my feelings? <laughs> yes. All of my soups were coldly arrived at. I was, you know, sand, uh, scientific testing, double blinds, that sort of thing. Oh, as yeah. an adult collecting right. copious notes. Yeah, exactly. The signal like has got to be pretty high. I like to imagine uh, Jawan Noah saying, listening to this episode, and like, because he's such a soup connoisseur, a connoisseur, if you will, connoisseur, um, and he's just probably like, no, this soup, that soup. But so, Jacob, what are your top five? <laughs> All right, so my my number five, uh, and it's not fair to put it at number five because the place it holds in my heart is actually way higher than the other ones. But I think okay. I'm going to get some pushback on what this actually is. <clears throat> uh, it it is a breakfast soup. It's a uh, a cold toasted bean soup oh yeah some people drink it with cream uh some people will do it more of an espresso uh yeah yeah cold toasted bean soup can be served hot i i i appreciate your cleverness i i i mean like we might have to go to the judges on this one i'm not sure this is counting oh what doesn't it have that a soup has I don't want to live in a world where we have strict definitions of what soup is. <laughs> I, if this that's is a, wrong, that's the dividing I line. Be right. Yeah, that's the. I mean, <laughs> I, look, much like the hot dog sandwich debate, I will admit Whoa, to you, or the hot dog taco this debate. Is, sure, you go either direction, right? That's the whole point. Like, I'll agree with you, these lines are poorly drawn, okay? Uh, I'm just saying, I feel as though if you're going to open the door to coffee, then also any squeezed juice counts no, as a soup. No, no, like, no, 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 because it has OJ is also a soup. It's a, it's a gazpacho, you know? <laughs> the gazpacho is different. They just, you just... Because uh... coffee's cooked. Like, yeah, that's right, is, that's right. You know? Actually, twice, right? Because yeah. you toast the beans, and then mm-hmm. you... It's also it's also fermented, you know. It's totally different. So technically, yeah. beer is a soup too. There you go. There you go. Like we're. Uh, I'm just saying we've cast a wide net. No, on no, no, soups. no, no. No beer is beer is just uh, the liquid form of bread, just like cheese is the mm. solid form of milk. You know what I missed on my top five soups is um, every single AOS two list that Sam Morgan ran. Oh, that was a cute <laughs> callback. Nice, nice. I bet he's giggling to that right now while he paints his second uh, Auric Art Boy. <laughs> um, all right, number four, Cream of Mushroom. Classic. Yeah, hard to go sure. wrong. Um, number three is Ramen or Udon. I, I mean, I, I they, they occupy the same place in the menu, 
Uh, obviously, they're very different. I'm not saying they're the same thing. One of them is if you want something girthy that you really have to like work to get down, and one of them is sort of relaxing and maybe a little nostalgic with ramen. Um, you know, when you get like Anything a nice pork a belly in there, maybe a fried egg. What's that, Joe? Anything with a soft egg in it. Yeah, yeah, a soy egg. I love, I love me a, a hard, like a soft boiled soy egg. Um, number two, and I think I might get pushed back on this one also, is a white bean chili. Oh, white bean. Is chili a soup? That's the question. Or is it a stew? Yeah, good question. Also, is chicken a la king a soup? Is that Larry's cousin? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've actually never had chicken a la king. What, what is that? It's, well, it's, I don't know. It's like chicken, cream mushroom soup, peas, carrots. Okay. But then you eat it over toast. All right. So I have a... I have a, a... I'm saying the fact that you eat it over toast is what stops it from being a soup because you're actually eating it over the toast. Like certainly there's soups you dunk bread in. That's very common, right? But you're not like, you're not taking your cream of mushroom and just like dumping it out over a piece of toast. Okay. Hold on. But then you just invalidated clam chowder. Yeah. Clam chowder is served in a bread bowl. It's served in a bread bowl. Okay. No, it's not. It's served in a bowl. And then sometimes people decided that like, wait, how can we shove a lot more carbs into this? Let's let's just make the whole. When you agreed to come on the show, did you think a, that we'd break you in 20 minutes and B it would be over soup. (laughs) Oh no, this is, this is a great discussion. I'm very much in for this. This is exactly the kind of stuff. So I I have, I have a runner up even though, cause I know it's going to get rejected by the judges. uh, And that's a, a burrito mojado. What? It's covered in. It's, yeah. covered in it's when they take a burrito, they cover it in tomato sauce and probably refried beans. I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> you, no, you can't not eat it with soup. your hands. You cannot eat it with your hands. No, but you can eat it with a fork and knife, which is also not normally how I'm going after soups. That's fair. I just right. give it throw. I, I forgot about a soup I had once, but it was a soup I got. I guess technically it was a curry. It was at a Thai restaurant. Oh shit, like curries! A... Oh fuck, we gotta re we gotta uh, re rack. Curry soups. Re rack. All right, start over. All right, yeah, uh, All right. I'll take priority this time. Yeah. Um, and we're back. Curries. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> duck. I had a duck confit curry with pineapple and lychee. That was just. I wanted to order it again when I was done. Okay, <laughs> but like, to be fair, I feel that way like half the time when I'm done eating any given entree. <laughs> it's why I'm in a program. It's fine. <laughs> Where did you get that, Joe? And when are we going? Uh, I got it at a restaurant called Obao in Manhattan about four years ago. I don't even know if they're still open in the post-pandemic world. Yeah. Or in a... Well, I mean, it's still a pandemic world, yeah. but, like, maybe. Would yeah, our country so. just stopped acting like it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, my number one is wonton. Like, I, I just... I could eat wonton soup every day of the week. Have you ever had an egg drop wonton? Combination of the two best Chinese soups? I mean, I don't know. I guess hot and sour is popular too, but... I have not had the combo, but I, I would be in for it. But it's, it seems like two strong things that would only reinforce each other, frankly. Yeah, because pork, eggs, carbs. And it's all sloppy and slurpable. Sure. Yep. Um... Well, that was wonderful. All right, so follow-up question. Yeah, thanks, uh, thanks, top... thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right, uh, I'm gonna limit us to three on this next uh, this next list. Oh, okay. Uh, is this is this the the premise for tonight? Are we doing lists? No, not necessarily. Yeah. No, we. Just, we... Okay. a lot. People think we're not the list review podcast. We just wanted to tell them like you've misjudged us. 
Don't judge a book by reading it, okay? So, um, <laughs> we're going to go top three sex acts. Ooh. I, I feel like this is going to be fraught, but okay. Uh, what does that mean? What is, can you define that word? Can you use a simple construction workers? <laughs> <laughs> sure. What I mean is... I'm trying, like... As you think about what you're defining there, okay? I'll give it, yeah. Like, are we defining a particular move, a thing? Uh, you know what I mean? Like, my point is there's, these things often flow into one another. I bet they it's do. It's not a, like, there's there's not a sort of, yes, sometimes there can, this stuff can be discreet, but oftentimes this is a very, this is a very fluid category. All right. Is what I mean. How about this? I'll give you my top three, and hopefully that sets the tone for how how broad a category this the spread that i'd like to leave available to you guys uh when you're answering the question mm-hmm. okay. uh so oh fuck i actually have more than three is a problem i've had sex well, that's I've, the whole point i've you had sex a whole four times so i've got i've got more than a top three um all right number three is it call mom oh no no that's that's a sex story that was not a sex act uh, although my butthole did pucker up a lot, which I don't know if that was an intended <laughs> reaction or not. Um, all right. Number three is, um, having a mirror in the bedroom. Ooh. That was, okay. that was the, the night of call mom. Uh, this, this girl and I are getting hot and heavy and, uh, we're about to reach the, the fun part. Well, it was all fun. We reached to the like fully no, no pants dance. And she's like, hold on, hold on. And she goes over to the side of her bed where she had like a, a full length mirror and she turns it and it's on a set of hinges next to her bed and aims it right at where we were going to work. Uh, and that was great. I will consider that a, I'll consider that a move. I'll consider that a technique that I would like okay. our listeners okay. to incorporate and then write in in the five star reviews uh, about their favorite sex acts and how, how it went that they incorporated that, that move. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Number two. And it's a good thing my wife doesn't listen to this podcast because she knows she doesn't do this. Is choking? Okay. Okay. I um, I was at a receiving, receiving or giving. Receiving. That was going to be my exact follow-up Re- question. Thank you very much. Receiving. <laughs> I've been okay. with a girl who asked me to choke her, uh, and that was fine. Um, but 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 a whole eight years later, I was um at a strip club uh and i was getting a dance and the stripper gave me the darth vader and i almost destroyed alderaan (laughs) (laughs) i mean so many innocent lives screamed out yeah sure what i think i appreciate most about you guys' podcast. It's just the the class. You know, I mean it's not it's, it's not many places you get this level of erudite conversation. We're, so I, we're I giving do it appreciate that. Real. We're giving you can't you can't put a price on honesty. And if you can, we will accept your money. Uh, <laughs> um and I think I think number one has to be has to be the cockering or or the support below the balls while there is stimulation happening either either sex or oral 
uh, or even just working on yourself. You know, you, you got to set yourself up for success. Nice. And that's that's my top three. So hopefully that that tells you the scope in which I will accept all acceptable answers, Vince. <laughs> that that was helpful. It really was. Yes, because that that's not honestly how I thought you were going to construe it, right? So, um, so that wasn't, it, it's, it's telling, I think, and interesting that those are your set of responses. Yes. Uh, it's, it's revelatory, I suppose, as it were. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't, didn't, uh, didn't peg me for a choker. I mean, Hey man, look, yeah, there's nothing wrong. Like, uh, you know, be, be positive about yourself. It was, you know, no, I am. That's, hopefully, yeah, exactly. hopefully it's, that's it's, what it's we, nothing wrong. hopefully if, if our listeners took away one thing from this show, it's that there is no wrong way to enjoy yourself so long as you're with another consenting or as many other consenting or no other consenting adults. As long yes, as I, uh, I followed your logic uh, there. Yeah. Okay. Right. Right. <laughs> if you're by yourself, you, you can be the only consenting adult. There, there's what, yes, that's yeah, what you yeah. were trying to say. Always consent it. all the time. Yes. No, no, sorry. That's not right either. That's saying yes. To everything. Anyway, I'll stop. <laughs> Who wants to answer this question? We, we, we get what you were going for. Your, your message was good. Even if your delivery was poor there. Jacob, so that's good. That's right. Uh, sure. So along those lines, yeah, I'm happy to take my three here. Uh, all right. So number one is going to be like vacation. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that like you're you're traveling. You're on the road. This could be a foreign country, but you're in a you're in a hotel somewhere far away. It just gives you license to get crazy, right? Like, let's be honest with ourselves. You're that's, not changing those sheets. Is. Exactly. It's, yeah. Uh, uh, yes, exactly. You're, 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 or wallpaper. You know. So, <laughs> whatever it happens to be. Uh, cleaning the windows, whatever, you know. Like, it's it's all somebody else's responsibility. So, I think that would be up there, right? And, and I don't think that's a... I think that's a pretty popular choice, I would imagine, right? Mm. Um. So, uh, that would be my one. Number two, uh, would be, would be, how do I want to phrase this? Um, would be unexpected attacks. (laughs) All right. Like an ambush. You know what I mean here? You're not in that, you're not in the headspace. You're focused on something else. You're doing something else. And then bam, right? It's like, like coming off, off from off camera. Is that, is this code for, is this code for someone slipping a finger in your butt? No, no, no. Okay. Okay. Well, I wasn't sure if, if what you're talking about was like, was changing lanes quickly during the act or more, more of the pure ambush. You're doing something else. Right, like you're completely engaged in some other. Comp- you stayed non. You stayed on the path activity in Merkwood, but the elves found you anyway. Right. Yes. Exactly. Like, and then then your partner is just like, nah, it's it's time, and just like hits you, and it's like, and it's like, it's time to it's time to go. Yeah. It's time to it's throw business down, time. Right. Yes. Exactly. That's always that's always uh, it's nice. That's nice. Feeling, right? feeling it's wanted a, is, is It can nice. turn your whole day around. Absolutely. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Absolutely, Jacob. One, it makes you feel wanted to. It's a, it's a radical change to your day, right? All of a sudden, you're, it's, you're in a completely different place. It's great. So that would be, that would be my number, uh, that would be my number two. Okay. 
Okay. And uh, my number three would be, I have to think about this. Let me think here. There's, there's several here, but I got like, again, the tough part's cutting the list. Yeah. Right. We can do, if you want to go five, we can, we can amend the question. No, it's, it's more interesting to pick it to three. I agree. Right. Because what you leave off is this telling is what you put on, I suppose. Right. So, uh, number three for me I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say some form of uh, inebriation or mind altering or whatever, you know, substance in the mix here. Okay. Uh, This could be anything. This could be anything. I won't, you know, stay safe, kids. You know, don't don't follow your local laws, regulations. Use all all appropriate things under under guidance where necessary. This this kind of thing. But that, yeah, like that sort of uh, that sort of experience. I've heard yeah, adding, that adding a new level of perception to yeah, the experience. Right. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Do there you, you go. Yeah. But the only thing is, if you conceive while on the spice, doesn't the, isn't the child born with prescience, or is it only when they're pregnant? No, it's only it's only if the, the child is conceived during the spice orgy. And you have to drink the water of life while pregnant. Everybody knows that. That's how you get born. But, but, with with all the powers of a reverend mother. And I think it also has to be one of one of the people has to have the that same prescient ability right because otherwise the mm-hmm. like it would like someone just born dur- pass someone somewhere. yeah someone conceived during a spice orgy having consumed just normal like the normal amounts of of the the water of of the dying maker or baby dying maker isn't going to have prescience otherwise every fremen baby or like 80 percent of them would have had prescience right yeah, yeah. No, that checks out. That checks out. I've I've heard I've heard um and this this really is I've heard. This is not like I'm asking for a friend and the friend is me. Uh that <laughs> that sex on Percocet is is mind-blowingly uh it lasts a lot longer and is great. I don't know. I cannot speak to that. I have no experience with that, but that, you know, seems like it could given what that that substance is doing that sort of, I suppose, logically checks out. We should call, you guys want to call Joe Rogan real quick? Uh, Kathy, call Joe Rogan, <laughs> see if he'll come on and talk about having sex on DMT. There's, those are two things that both make me very constipated. <laughs> That's not a good combination there at all. Nobody's putting that in their top three. While heavily constipated is not making anyone's list. Unless unless the list is being super constipated and then getting pegged and the sense of relief in knowing you're going to be able to go to the bathroom afterwards. Yeah, you got to break it up with a stick. I'll say this is not on my list. How about that? I'll, I'll, I'll make that abundantly clear. Um, All right, Joe. Cool. Oh, I have to do one? Um. I've been married four years. I have a kid, so anything. How long have you been married? Four years. But I have a child. That's, that's nothing. I have a child. That's nothing. I understand a child. that. <laughs> no. Um, hmm. 
I mean, I've been married almost 20 years, so. Yeah, but your wife likes you. Um... <laughs> that is a nice advantage. Yes, we get along. I really feel weird that I don't really have any anything just looking at me. <laughs> when a woman looks at me and smiles. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty great. It's a pretty great moment, let's be honest. Um, I found myself caught out in a, in a lot of outdoor activities when I was young. Okay. Especially the first time. The Cunning, Cunningham Park was more like Cunningham Park. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Did you have a sandwich afterwards? Um, Is that the, the ham it was reference? Ro- yeah, ro- ro- no, roast beef sandwich. <laughs> Loose meat sandwich. <laughs> That's disgusting. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, I really agree with this. Is, you know, being abroad or away is great. Like, not in my house. Um, I've always been a fan of the surprise... You, she's into it because you know because that's surprising yeah yeah i don't know i'm fucking this is a hard one for me i wasn't expecting this i would have had to put a lot of thought into it top five uh i don't know yeah so, wow i can't believe i'm at a loss for words on my own podcast well you have you have your co-host to blame for this i i just want to say i'm innocent in this i know Vince, who's your number one person, top two people that have ever cosplayed as you at Adepticon? <laughs> It'd definitely be Jacob and Anthony Polcastro. If I had to pick the top two, wow, that's that's, and we're an elite company. Yeah, it's it's. I will say that my wife still has nightmares about that to this day. So, <laughs> just just imagining having to take care of three of you at once. Correct. Correct. I like to imagine in a separate universe, we went home with you and you became a famed, um, <laughs> a famous magician in the style of, of <laughs> the, the, prestige. the prestige and every, you only did two shows because you could only kill one of us per show. <laughs> sure. Yeah, exactly. But man, what a great two shows, right? <laughs> you know, it'd be really funny if you... You know how you do like your paint classes where you travel abroad. If you just sent Jacob, sure, <laughs> just sent Jacob or Anthony, no explanation. Okay, guys, what we're going to be working on today is something called chunky highlights. <laughs> Vince looks a lot different in person. I don't know. Maybe the camera. It's, I guess. So why does he sound like Kermit the Frog? Damn it! I was getting there. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's great. Yeah. That'd be it's terrific. good to know I've got backup just in case I ever do. You know, I have a class booked and, you know, some circumstance makes it so I can't go. Why cancel? You know, I can just send one of the two of them along, maybe split it 50 50 or something, yeah. you know, and we're Vince, good to go. Why did you have us? Why did you have us book this flight for you coming from Nashville? Oh, I was uh, in town for a computer guy conference. <laughs> <laughs> You don't know what I do for work. <laughs> I mean, you're not totally wrong, so that's fine. Oh, that's too funny. That's too funny. Um, All right. Uh, Vince, what's something you hate? You just absolutely hate that for some reason, everybody else just loves. And 
you I, can't answer you staying. can't answer uh jacob and joe you can't answer the rage of sigmar podcast obviously i can't answer that because you said that everybody else loves oh, so you already struck okay. it from there this has been rage of sigmar everybody this is our second <laughs> fake ending we'll be right back after these messages from probably buster rhymes <laughs> Uh, something I hate that everyone else loves. I, I mean, so many things, Jacob. <laughs> so on, many things. How, how high on the list is is the running joke about what happens when you win paint awards? <laughs> I mean, again, that doesn't bother me. It, it's not it's not the, the thing I'm sure my wife enjoys. Um, that's the main reason there. But, you know, like things that, and, and I don't know that everybody loves that either. But, um, hey, come on. Just give it to us. People. Sure. Oh, that was funny. you even laughed hysterical the first time I told you about oh, it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's funny. Don't get me wrong. I'm I'm good with it. It's funny, but you know, like what do I hate that everybody loves? I don't know, man. A lot of things. Like I don't like any I don't like or drink any alcohol. That seems to be a pretty popular thing. Uh okay. I don't But also, I mean enjoy... there's there's notable people in the Warhammer community that don't like alcohol. I mean, like Joe Cryer doesn't drink alcohol. Yeah. So like you're, you're in you good company. Cryer in the same. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a club I wanted to find myself in. Um, Ding, the, are good. Yeah. Uh, you know, most television shows that people like, I despise. If you say you don't like Big Bang Theory, I swear to God, I will in this podcast right now. <laughs> Correct. It's one of the worst shows. It's in the so bad. Of mankind, so. <laughs> Have you seen when they take yeah, out the laugh obviously. track? No, but I'm sure it's completely... But those shows are written so poorly because it's just like, set up, beat, punchline, pause. Set up, beat, punchline, pause. Like, the way they're... And then sometimes it's line, set up, punchline, pause. Like, there's only a two or three beat rotation. It's awful. Joe, I think we could learn something from that. How to run your show from now just on? Including jokes that are funny. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so no i mean obviously i hate that i hate a lot of those types of things uh yeah i don't know i i mean i live the life of an of, of like an aesthetic largely you know i i do the same thing every day i have a very regular life i live a very simple life i'm the guy from rogue one who's like out in the 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 hut or whatever you know and all the, the people show up and i'm like it's a simple life this is all i want right Oh, um, Mads Mad, Mad Mickinson or whatever his name is? Yes, yes, exactly. You know, I I paint, I sit in this chair, I work. That's what I do. Do I you work, do you work at that desk also? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, this is like, this is where I work all day and then work all night and stuff like that, you know, so. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of things. I It would be hard for me to even narrow a list for all you. All right. What about, what? what would you say is the most controversial or like unanimously loved thing that you have the most abject loathing for. This is like when we found out Rob Symes hated Rogue One, right? And we were like... Well, I also don't like Rogue One. Oh, there you go. You you found it. it. Good job. But I I don't like Rogue One. Um, But I wouldn't... It doesn't rise to the level of hate. That's too strong. That movie elicits no emotions of any strength for me. That's the problem. It's boring. But... uh, I don't know. I like most nerdy things and I don't like most non-nerdy things. So when people get all jazzed up for non-nerdy things, okay. I don't care. All right, here I'll, I'll give you I'll give you the platform for the hot take. All right, I'm ready. 
would you like if you want to rapid fire no, things no. at oh, me? I'll, okay. I'll hit you. But I don't have a rapid fire thing. I just want to set you up for best success to die on this hill. Um, I'm ready. All right. Uh, if the world was of your taste and imagining, yes. would you wipe from existence Critical Role? No, it's inspired a lot of people to, I don't like it and I have no interest in it. But again, I'm also not one to yuck another person's yum and my non-interest in it does not, it, it's just that it's non-interest. Right. There's, it's inspired a lot of people to play D and D it's inspired a lot of people to form lifelong friendships and, and discover what a great, fantastic game it is. I it's, it's a huge net positive for the world. My dislike of it because I feel like it's more focused on entertainment and sort of a particular type of D&D that I'm not that I'm not interested in means nothing. There are clearly millions of people who it is their speed and I would never want to take something like that away from them. Hmm. I hate how thoughtful your response was. I was really trying Sorry. to get something out of you. I apologize. That's okay. No, I you're I think you're right. Uh I've I've only watched a little bit of it and I can't figure out if it's worth the time or not but sometimes when work gets mundane i can throw stuff on in the background sure i mean i have multiple friends in my D group who you know love it and were were like jazzed when season three or whatever it mm-hmm. is started mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. recently i don't know that's how point. do you feel about pineapple on pizza uh obviously an abomination and should be stricken from history Wow. But then I would also make my wife sad because she loves it. But it's terrible. I think it's good on bad pizza. Like, that's the argument. It improves crap pizza. It doesn't belong on good pizza. Like, if you get Domino's, it's the only way to make that shit fucking edible is put something sweet Well, it makes on it hard food. to notice that the dough is so sweet, right? Because every mouthful is already so sweet. Yeah, I guess. But, like, for me, like, I love pineapple on pizza when I'm not in New York. Like, if I'm, like, in tennessee it's what i want to eat because it's like if i'm gonna have pizza i'm having something i'll find edible joe what's something you you hate that everybody else loves oh my god uh can i just pick something i hate that one person really loves sure taylor swift (laughs) (laughs) i i think it's far from one person but i i mean yes there is one very large stand within our community like five five yeah Uh, that's fucked up. Um, no, so, uh, there's so much shit that I don't like because I'm. But do you up. really hate her? Is that rising yeah. to the do left? You want, do you? Would no, you actually you know, be happier if you, you know, died? If there was one thing, if I could have do one thing, like one Thanos snap, I would snap Juggalos out of existence. Hmm. I would just be like, it never happened. Like you know, what I mean, the world's a better place. I mean, that's like a waste of my power. I could choose other things. <laughs> Good job, Joe. You could have picked war. You could have picked <laughs> capitalism. Yeah. A lot of choices. But nope, this was the pick. Like, nope, Juggalos. <laughs> Shouldn't have gave me the glove. Uh, <laughs> um, Can't snap for more thinking. snaps, apparently. You know what's weird to me? It's like, I'm not a... Like, I, I like the MCU movies on an entertainment value, but, like, I'm not into comic books. Like, I can't... I, I like... I, I've read a couple graphic novels that I like, and it's mainly the Alan Moore stuff. But I feel like he kind of is his own thing. Well, he yeah. also hates most comic books, so that's and, so there. You and go. all the movie representations yeah. of his comic books, correct? Yeah, I, I Everyone like, I, ever. He also is like 
you know, like a weird like he's like a anarcho like wood witch guy. Warlock, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a warlock. So that's like what I want to grow up to be. I think if um, if there was a single human being that was actually closest to being Radagast the Brown, it's probably Alan Moore. <laughs> yeah, he's got but he's got Saruman's personality. I would say disposition, maybe not personality. <laughs> um, yeah, like I I guess that like and I kind of dislike when things get really really popular, but like it's all face value stuff. So like people are like right now stuff that we all kind of got made fun of for being into when we were younger or was looked down upon as getting popular and everyone's like you know oh i love this shit and it's like dude you don't you don't have to you know what i mean like i you can't force yourself into being a certain way just because it's popular and i think that's kind of what irks me the most about people i grew with or i'm around a lot in new york is that like it's just fed chasing and like i think that stems from a deep fear that like one day the things that i really love to do will become a fed like and and know, it'll become I'm, popularized and and remember when everyone played magic the gathering like if that happens to warhammer i'm gonna be really upset and like i know more people playing warhammer is a good thing but like it's just like it like floods the market it makes it a huge thing it's that then it's a target and all the shit and then suddenly it's like nothing again like it's just back to us i don't know it's just weird maybe i just want to be special and pe- people aren't special Joe, so. you you will always be special so special no no yeah i mean i get it i have that same i i often have that same instinct right like i i, I get it joe you you and i are simpatico on this one and and it's i think it's something you have to kind of fight can against you, to a can point. you spell that so i can look it up <laughs> Absolutely. So the, you know, I think that there's oftentimes, especially for us, for, for sort of nerds of our particular age cohort, where we did grow up with the things we love being on the outside. We, we, when we were young, oftentimes popular things meant they were stupid things, right? Or they were boring or they were for normies or whatever. Yeah, fucking pogs, man. And, and, and we, yeah, well, yes, exactly. Um, we, we kind of developed this instinct, right, from our youth that if it was popular, it was bad. And so when something now hits the zeitgeist, you're just like, you have this revulsion that happens to it almost subconsciously. Right? And, and I think that I, I have that same instinct. But I think it's good to keep that in check at the same time, because it's not always the case you know, I, I mean, I don't love every Taylor Swift song ever, but I do think style is one of the greatest songs in I've ever heard in my life. It'd be in my it would absolutely be in my top 25 songs of all time, of all, ooh. you know, so of all time. Yes, I stand behind that. OK, now that would be an extremely varied list. And I don't know where it'd be in the 25. But if I just hated her outright, there's plenty of songs she has, that I think, are totally forgettable and bad and, and or whatever. But like, I'm open to anybody making something that I enjoy, right? So it's good to, I think, every so often, like, try to push back on that that gut instinct. That makes sense. Mine is kind of easy, but it's actually for the same reason. Because uh, growing up in San Francisco, when I was a kid, nobody cared about the Golden State Warriors because they were absolute garbage. And being and this is a sports thing. Yeah, it's a sports thing. Being a okay. being a child of the '90s. The oh, sports is a thing I hate there that everybody go. loves. There it we is. got one. We got one. There it is. It's every, every sport. There's no sport that you kind of like. Zero. Not even curling. I do not find. 
I find, no, I find professional sports to be the opposite of interesting in all forms and varieties. I enjoy going to minor league baseball games because I like stadium food. And their promotions and I like are hilarious. People, yeah, and I like I like that they actually try. Like, I, I have a respect for baseball as America's pastime, but it's not like I don't have any actual interest in the sport. I just like that minor leaguers actually try really hard because they're trying to get up into the majors for the most part. Yeah, their stakes uh, are way find, higher than a normal major league player. Right. Right, exactly. People make that case um, for like, watching college basketball, also. Yeah, I just, I just despise mo- like sports in all forms and variety, mainly because I don't understand wanting to be a fan of something like that. That you have no, like I, let me say it this way. I like AOS, and I even like watching AOS battle reports and, and people play AOS or whatever, right? That's because I play iOS and I could go play those people I'm watching, right? They're not in some separate league, right? Except the Super Series? Like, I'm a, I'm a participant okay. in this, right? You, if you're watching professional football, you're not a participant in it. You playing flag football out in the backyard Thanksgiving Day with your family ain't... You, you, you aren't... It's not the same thing. I don't thing. think you understand how good my swim move is. My grandma stood no chance. I like ripped just right took, past her. She could not guard sure. me. Hip went out like you could hear the snap throughout the whole part. More of a ping because just both pieces were already replaced at that point. <laughs> just a metal on metal grinding. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, no, I just, I, I've, I've never had interest in it. I've never liked it. I played like every sport as a kid. Um, just everything. Uh, and, you know, my, my, mom was very serious about making me try every sport to see if I would find something I liked. I was in judo, karate, football, baseball, basketball, uh, everything and, and a lot more. And I hated all of them. <laughs> found it boring. So there you go. We found the thing I hate. Now I'm sorry, please continue. I was going to ask, can I, can I finish my answer now? Because I had a Your story. Your Golden State Warriors. Yeah, no, please, no, I have story. nothing. No, fuck. My, my answer's not as good. Michael Jordan. I, I, I hate Michael Jordan. Wow, that's controversial. I've always hated Michael Jordan, and you know, by by uh, by proxy, I hate Jordans, the shoes. I think they're stupid and they don't look good. And I'm sorry, Tristan, you can end our friendship if you want, but I just don't like Jordans. How do you feel about Scottie Pippen? Uh, yeah. If you hate all the Bulls, how do you feel about Steve Kerr? Did I? I didn't say that. Oh, I trapped you! I trapped you. Would you would you consider this a gotcha moment? Because it's yeah. it, it feels bad. Some gotcha journalism. It feels bad. For, for, for context, uh, Vince Steve Kerr was on the Bulls when the Bulls were winning all their championships, and he's also the uh, coach of the Jacobs' favorite basketball team, the Golden State. Oh, nice. Okay, good. Yeah. You got him. Got, got him. Good. Now I get got it. Me good. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for telling me what the weapon profile on that stupid <laughs> that Ironclad does before I charged you. <laughs> What? Nothing. I had a bad game against a KO guy one time. Spoiler alert, oh, yeah, it was Joe on BTS. No, it, no, it wasn't. wasn't. It, was the guy. it wasn't. It was some no, guy who dressed not. half steampunk at Nova. Um What's what's all right, let's flip the script. Oh, I have here you go. I have a baseball signed by Michael Jordan from when he was on the Wizards. Like I went to see I, I went to a game when he was playing for the whatever it was. Wasn't that what wasn't that the team or whatever what was the baseball he team? He went to play for uh the White Sox farm team. Whoever he was playing for, whatever it was, I went to go see a baseball the game. The Washington and Lizards. Him, and I had him play, a, I had him sign a, a baseball. So there you go. How about that? Well, now I hate wow. you too. 
Congratulations. <laughs> you made the what's list. Great, what's great is in like 20 years, they're going to remake a, the Sandlot, but it's going to be like Vince's nephew gets the ball stolen <laughs> by a, a cat. One of Vince's name because Ohio, like, so people have like big cats, you know, like, so they get stolen by a tiger. <laughs> get stolen you know? by a domesticated puma. <laughs> I mean, we have we have the 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 wild is not that far away from my house. There's a big section of Ohio, it's kind of southwest of me, that's been sectioned off, and it's just a big safari area. So you can go there and see like tigers and giraffes and rhinos and stuff. Yeah, that's where that um that roller coaster, the Beast, is. They wrote the book about that, the Beast. Kings Island, opposite direction, but yes, that's also down that direction. I've, I've been there. I've been there. I've rode that first wooden roller coaster with a loop in it. Yeah, that's terrifying. It's it's both terrifying and spine shattering to ride it. <laughs> also, it happens to be Joe's favorite sex position: the terrifying and spine shattering wooden sure. beast. <laughs> I am terrified of heights, but I have I have overcome that a few times to ride roller coasters. But yes, I am absolutely. I mean, cryingly like I will cry like a like a baby afraid of heights. Yes. Wow. Is it, would you say it's actually a fear of heights or a fear of falling? I would say that when I, so you ever been in a building, like, okay, you, you like sports, so you've been in sports stadiums. At I've some been in buildings time, right? too. Sure. I'll understand that reference as well, yeah, Vince. Vince. The I construction of a sports stadium is, is, is specifically what I'm looking for here. <laughs> like a big open building, like a, like a sports sure, stadium, yeah. right? Where you can be, you're, no matter where you are, you can kind of look up and very far away is the ceiling and there'll be these mm-hmm. like there'll be rafters and stuff yep. up there yeah mm-hmm. looking i'm on the ground yeah yep. you understand what i'm yep. saying i'm i'm standing on concrete yep. on at ground level i will look up to that and get vertigo and get dizzy cuz i picture myself being stuck up in those rafters or like hanging from them and i start to get queasy and 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 vertigo i've built stadiums like that and worked on those rafters. It's, I don't know. It's terrifying. You know, it's not, it's weird, but like sometimes I get this like feeling like I'm being pulled towards the edge. I'm like, I should go stand over (laughs) there. Or my my lizard brain is like, go look over the edge. Yeah, part of my, I'm like, no. I always have this thought of like, part of why people are afraid of heights isn't because they're afraid of falling. It's the fear of like, what if I jumped? What if I just decided yeah. to end it all and see what happens? Yeah, that happens to me a lot when I'm on the train platform. The train <laughs> like, I, could, I could really ruin a lot of people's commutes right now. <laughs> Think about that absolute power I would have. I'm, I'm like, I'm basically Thanos. <laughs> I could ruin everybody's commute pretty for one pretty solid day. Yes. Well, yeah, for, for like, for like the, the 7 a.m. crowd anyway. Yeah. In, a, in a city with Fucking eight million people. We're talking about affecting hundreds of thousands of lives. When else am I going to get to do that? I mean, that's why we started a podcast. But so far, we we just we just hundreds barely cracked seven hundred listeners <laughs> over thirty three episodes. Still, twice as much as party at the all points. Keep counting, Dayton. Party at the all points. <laughs> yeah. Um, Vince, on a serious question, who? You you are like a 
a resource that people go to to learn to paint or get hobby cheating and like the YouTube videos, right? You're super yeah. accessible. Who is yours? Like if you were going to watch someone else, who are you watching on YouTube? Like who do you think also do, who does a great job like you do? And then to follow up that question, who do you think the your favorite miniature painter is? Yeah, I mean, well, well, let me, I'll, I'll say this to your first question. I watch everybody's stuff, okay? Mm -hmm. um, so, like, if you're, I, I, everyone, like, if, if you're making miniature hobby stuff on YouTube, I'm probably subscribed to you and watching it because I enjoy watching people paint miniatures, right? Like, I just, I'm, I'm always interested to hear people's takes. I'm interested to see people's uh, styles and the choices they make and stuff like that. I find it all fascinating. So, I mean, I consume a lot of it. Uh, now who is my favorite miniature painter? If that's what you're asking, like that second question. Um, if I had to pick one and there are many, many people who do work that just blows me out of the water and I'm, I'm just completely taken aback by, but if I had to pick one, it'd probably be Richard Gray. I think Richard is just such an amazing painter. I, I love what he creates. I love the, he's, he's a very British painter. Like most of them, like British painters have their own particular style and, and sensibilities and he's very much in that crowd but i i think just the stuff that he does is is fantastic top-notch beautiful stunning gorgeous yeah i agree i think richard's my favorite out there my favorite's joe pagano uh, winner of the people's choice at nashcon uh 2021 yeah he he did win yeah. player's choice at that at that event and um i didn't want to bring this up but since you mentioned it vince sure <laughs> i mean you also had an army there vince i did yeah yeah when's the last time you lost a player's choice vote that your army was included in i don't know that would have been <laughs> the only time that i can think of but that's fine. Uh, did you vote? Like, did you vote here's a real question. Did you vote for Joe's army? No, I did not. <gasps> you motherfucker. I'll be honest. <laughs> I'll be I'll be honest with you. I didn't either. Really? Because Anthony fixed his, his blacks. Did you vote for Anthony? Vince? Uh yes, I think I liked Anthony's army a lot. I think he was the one who got my vote. Yeah, that sounds right. Like I mean, I admittedly I did it in two minutes, so I'm recalling back. But yes, I liked Anthony. I remember in vivid clarity most of the things I do in two minutes. <laughs> and then I wish I wish I got through them again, really soon after, and usually don't. But yeah, I what I'll say is it doesn't surprise me. By the by, right? Like my army was pretty marmite, uh, and what I mean by that, like, is. You know, every time I would post pictures from that army. So this is my my Cities of Sigmar Whirlwind's Edge, you know, army, which has a lot of 40K elements integrated into it and was made out of a lot of 40K terrain and stuff like that. And every is time that, I is would that post code for G.I. Joe? Uh, no, but my yeah, the aircraft carrier was also a G.I. Joe aircraft carrier. Yes. Um, the the it was the USS Saratoga, just in case anyone who wasn't there who hasn't seen it. So there you go. There's smaller aircraft. Do you think you lost because land. Tom broke that compartment that's supposed to not be exposed? <laughs> no, no. I think I, I did manage to get it fixed. But no, I, I think that it, it didn't vote because it's again it's so 40k, right? Like it's just not a lot of people sense. It's very polarizing. And, and, yeah, and when you're when you're making something like that that's 
you know, I'm sure some people really thought it was neat and liked it. And that's cool. I, you know, a lot of people complimented it, which is great. That, that feels very good when people say they like your work. Um, but it's not going to be anything that wins like votes like that. Right. Because there's just enough people who aren't going to, who aren't going to think it. Belongs. I think it's pretty that's inarguable true. that it was the best painted army at the event with like, I, I don't think that there's, if, if player's choice was best painted as voted for by the, by the public, the unwashed rabble, we might be having a different discussion. I love you, Joe. But like, I, I mean, you're, I, I do think your army, obviously, and like the whole display board, which it's funny to me that you complain about display board nuclear arms race proliferation, and then you show up with this enormous G.I. Joe machine. Well, that's because I, I like, yes, I hate it, but I also play to win of course. in all regards, of course. all right? <laughs> and so if that's what this is going to be, fine, so be it, right? Like... If that's what Just it is, you, then I... You called five-card stud, now I'm going to beat you at it. Yeah, like, I'm not the one who made the rules, but fine, if that's what the rules are, right. then so be right. it, right? I mean, you know, our, our new display board that uh, that that we built, that I'm taking to... to I'll, that I'll have for NashCon next year, because um, Tom and I have to have shared custody of it, uh, and I've already claimed it for NashCon. Um, you know, and my new, my new Ratcast... I hope people will get on board for this idea. I, you know, like I, I do weird armies, I guess is what I'll say. But, uh, but I'm definitely like, um, I'm, I'm, you know, that display board is completely over the top and insane. Like it's, it's beyond anything I've done before. I'm so. excited to see it. Uh, do you have Skig in your, in your Ratcast army? Yes. Yes. Skig is, Skig is, so, uh, I don't, how nerdy do you want to get, Jacob? Good. Yes. This is after dark. You get to just, you know, unbutton your pants and go wild. Sure. All right. So, yes, I do have Skig in my rat cast. And I've converted a very special fig for him. But I also have my original recipe Skig. And I am taking, I wrote a whole, I actually, just before we joined, before I joined you, I finished up my story. So I wrote like a 5,000 word story for, uh, for holy havoc which i'm going to next i'm gonna ask again. you not to read that on the show i know you're i know you're so for the listeners at home you can't see but vince is brandishing this 11 page double-sided single-spaced manifesto uh correct and I, I am gonna ask you not to read it maybe um maybe we can use it for the cold open but like i just don't know that uh we have a pretty discerning listener base <laughs> totally understandable but so the trick with holy havoc is that you get to bring an extra fig mm-hmm. in your army called the warlord Right. And it's it's this narrative guy who's kind of in charge of your army. And so I have two figs for Skig because at the start of the Holy Havoc tournament, Skig will be he's still a normal Skaven Sigmar. War priest. Right. Well he's not he's he's just like he's just the warlord. Right. Right. And 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 there's you know, he's not a stormcast yet because he hasn't died yet. And in holy havoc my goal in game one is going to be to get him killed get him like to just and to get him reforged yes and then is Skig he gonna, ascended comes is he gonna down sit out game two thing. because sometimes sigmar has a bit of a backlog and doesn't get to all the tickets right away but you know eventually the smiths get to work and so he'll show up for game three i i think that there i you know i think with a favored son like skig he he you know we, he's got the vip pass to the reforging room you know it's going to be great if 
if your all of your opponents have listened to this and purposely don't kill him the whole time. Right. Just the worst oh case scenario. Anybody anybody who plays Vince, if you face the original like Skig One, uh, I will pay you any amount of money <laughs> not to kill this rat. <laughs> Vince, you're gonna have to find the damn terrain and the deadly terrain on this board, bud. Just just running back and forth across deadly terrain the you're whole just game. Run yeah. him over with your oh, you can't do a doom wheel because he's you're running stormcast. I was gonna say you need to run right. him over with the doom wheel. Um, for normal forty for for normal games, are you gonna are you gonna run him as a like a relictor? Or are you gonna are you gonna run the the reforge yeah, as a relictor? Yeah, he'll yeah he'll be. A, he'll what be about a what about Skig OG since the Excelsior War Priest doesn't exist anymore? Like a rune lord? Um, he'll just he'll be retired. Like, and yeah, I, I, he'll he'll be like if I if I end up doing a cities army, then I can include him in in that because you know obviously stormcast can fall into cities right, pretty easily. Right. Or if I'm if I do a stormkeep where I can bring in stuff, then it could be like a yeah any of the priests like a, a rune lord or something out there. So now that we've done this this bit for about fifteen minutes, for those of you who haven't watched the the soulbound show that Vince was a part of that Meph was running for a while, are you guys still running? He took a break because of his schedule. Okay. We're going to finish it out this, I think, either like around the holidays. Gotcha. We're going we're to finish so out the story. Skig was, was Vince's character, who was a Skaven Excelsior War Priest of Sigmar. Yes. Um, he just loved to talk about Sigmar, and he's a big fan. Do you have a backstory on how he survived Skaven Blight enough to get out and be exposed to Sigmar and like the power of his light? Yeah, I do. Uh, like, yes, you know, I, again, I don't think anybody wants to read my fan fiction because that's pretty boring. But yes, I have a whole backstory written for him that I wrote before I started the character. You know, long story short, just to give you the briefest story, he's out in Gairan with a bunch of other Skaven and they've collected a bunch of humans. And then his Claw Lord says, you've got to kill all the humans. And he's like covered in blood and viscera from killing all the humans who were guards in the city. And as he as he and the other storm vermin go to very nice Joe, go to wonderful go to like kill the human skig slips on a rock and cracks his head okay like like jabs a sharp rock in the back of his yeah. head and then has a vision of sigmar who's telling him to like save the humans and so skig wakes up has a new point of view kills the rest of the skaven who are there and then and then passes out from his wounds in the fight and the humans take him to to safety like the humans rescue him in turn gotcha and that convinces him of the righteousness of the path. So, like, is he imagining the whole thing? I always left that open in sort of the backstory, right? Because, I mean, he's clearly got real prayers, but who knows? Maybe it was all just his imagination. Right, right. Joe, how do you feel about that backstory? I thought it was it was pretty well crafted. you have any pointed feedback? Oh, he's sprinting. He's sprinting. I can't see you, but yes. this is a failure. <laughs> I thought it was really cool. I really enjoy it. Uh um, Skig is a very interesting in, in de- uh, character with uh, you know deep flaws, and uh, you know he's on his redemption arc, which is cool. Uh, and I can appreciate a character who's doing a cool uh, you know redemption arc like that. Thank you, Joe. Yeah. I really appreciate that. I think yeah. I think Skig is the redeeming factor for the entire show. <laughs> I, I watched One. I watched Thank probably you. like three or four episodes just to hear you Skig it up. Uh, he has a pretty unique voice. Um, it, does he sound like he's from Brooklyn? Because that's how I imagine all Skaven talk. Like, um, no, though it's funny you say that because my current D&D character I play every Tuesday is a Grung, which is a little frog dude in D&D. And in 
my buddy and I are both playing grungs and we just made a decision that all grungs speak with a sort of New York Italian accent all the time. So yes, that is my accent for that character, for my weird little frog person. That's awesome. he's, he's very much like, hey, oh, I'm walking here. You know, he's that kind of a guy. I'm up in here. We don't say that. We've never said that. None of us say that. That wasn't even a line in the movie. Thing. Dustin Hoffman was trying to say, I'm working here. And he he got tongue-tied. That was ad-libbed. Most people don't know that. What? Uh, one, if that's true, wonderful. That's fantastic. But two, uh, yes, I just use that quote because it's the easiest to go to for people's point of reference, right? So I think you should. I think you should probably just change the name of that entire campaign to "Hey, I'm hopping here." <laughs> Are you guys playing Frogger? Like you just cross the street a lot. It's pretty <laughs> much the plan. Yes. Oh, here comes a CR twenty truck. <laughs> And did it. All right, we're good. We're good. Vince, what's something you're surprisingly good at that people don't know about you? Analingus. <laughs> no, people something know that. So it's a well-known fact, apparently. Um, something I'm surprisingly good at that people don't know about. I don't know, man. I'm not very good at very many things, I suppose. Or, or if they are, they're they're sort of part and parcel of me. Okay, so talking positively about himself, check. Uh, I guess. God, I'm really not good at anything. That's the problem here, Joe. Um, well, I'm apparently not good at remembering what host asked you a question. Yeah. <laughs> Or sorry, Joe. Sorry, Jacob. Yes, thank you. Joe, sorry, Joe. Sorry, Joe. <laughs> Still Joe. Because he's gay. No, sorry, he's gay. No, he's blind. Yeah, I'm not good at much. I don't know, man. Uh. Yeah, I got nothing. It's like painting, designing games, and doing my professional career, which I'm a product manager in my normal career. So I oversee the development of, of software. That's what I do. I'm, I'm, and I'm. I think I'm pretty good at that. So, I've, I've, I've won awards for that and stuff. So. Did you get home and just slam it on the table, throw one foot up on the stool? <laughs> it's not, not the same nope. thing. Nope, totally different. Different kind of reward for that, yeah. uh, that award. Yeah, it's it's good for your yearly, yearly uh, review. So something you don't know that Joe is surprisingly good at, and you might have gathered it by the way he talks about food, but Joe is an, an impressively good cook. That's awesome. Yeah, he makes a great cheesecake. See, that's a good life skill to have. Like you can you can do something that makes other people happy. I I am not a cook at all. I, I have much respect for that. Joe makes a, a mean uh, fettuccine Alfredo, which is very uh, it's sort of stereotypical. But he makes things that aren't Italian. He makes a, a killer shaksuka. Uh, yeah, that's trying to think of other things you've sent me pictures of that I really wanted to eat. 30 pounds of tri-tip at your house. Oh, that was really good. <laughs> that was really good. Um, Vincent, wow, Joe, great, great job talking about something I'm good at, but <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> like, we all just, on. We yeah. all just blew that's past fine. that, like, yeah, it's fine. It's all right. All right it's okay. No, 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 no just no, go on. I'll, ask your question. I'll, I'll just ask your I'll fucking question, Joe. Um, Jacob, you are really good at... Um, at being my friend. Oh, wow, that's the that's the thing I'm most proud of. You're you're a good dad. Um, you're a far better son than your parents' other son. <sighs> He's um, here right now. Don't say that too loud. 
I'm podcasting right now with my whole family in the other room with Margo. Oh, that's funny. Um, you're you're just perfect in every way. I can't even list things that are good about you because everything about you is good. There's not one single fault, except maybe you buy beers for people's girlfriends. <laughs> I'll never apologize for that. <laughs> um, but Vince, if there was one thing that you could be better at, yeah, what would it be? I mean, what what is the thing I care most about, and what I would want to be? Like, yeah, you, I'd want to be a better miniature painter, man. Like, it's there's no there's no end to that. Like, I look at people whose work still makes me just weep, and I'm I'm like, gosh, I wish I could be that good someday. Like, I'm always still on that journey. So, I mean, that is the thing. I'm okay, but like you're being humble. Let's say you got to go in the hyperbolic time chamber and build out a stat tree that you aren't at like ninety eight percent on. What would be what would be the skill tree you follow? Uh, I would love to be. What would be the thing I'd follow? Uh, I don't know. Might be better to be. It'd be nice to be like better at yoga than I am. Uh, like I've I've been doing it for a while and I think I'm okay at it, but it's really hard and I have you know flexibility stuff that kind of stuff. It'd be neat to be able to be an advanced practitioner of that. I appreciate that you went back and answered what's something people wouldn't know you're good at because you just told us <laughs> about your yoga practice. Would you? I don't think I'm good no, at it. That's it's, the problem. It, but yoga is not not a competition. No one does competitive yoga. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Exactly. Suck it. <laughs> My soup to is way better than yours. Namaste, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Sanskrit, motherfucker. Do you speak it? I just held downward facing dog for 37 minutes. I mean, that would blow my yeah, mind. I'm pretty impressive. <laughs> Joe, what about you? Um, and like, here's the, the, the thing is, and Joe and I talk about this all the time, like no skill is unattainable. And like Joe's, uh, sure. Joe's approach to painting in the last, like since the pandemic, you've, you've taken fucking huge leaps and, and bounds and like arguably exponential growth in the, year and a half two years we've been in in lockdown so like you and i talk a lot about the idea that nothing is nothing is impossible it's going from where you are to where you see people that's impossible i think i've always described painting as like it's like a skill it's like welding it's just the more practice you get the better you'll do no matter what the more you paint and but you gotta care you gotta like you know take your time if you're just gonna slap contrast on every army you're gonna plateau eventually you'll be really good at contrast you know but that's not gonna take you to the next level you have to want to so like you know being involved in the hobby and the tournament scene like you know i met vince and saw vince's stuff and i was like i really like vince's stuff do i think that stylistically i would like to follow in Vince's footsteps no it's not my style you know what i mean like right i, I found my own like i'm not going to completely copy vince's style and paint a realm lord's army that's just not what i'm gonna do you know <laughs> but uh you know what i'm saying like like there are people that like like i look at richard gray's stuff and i'm like wow that's amazing i have no desire to really paint like richard gray i'd want to find I'd like to be as skilled, but I don't want to be him. You know what I mean? Yeah, like I want absolutely. To... Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you there there are elements to all of these people, and this I think this is true with any skill set, right? 
um, anything like this, there are, there are elements you look at and go, wow, I'm really impressed by that element of the work. And, and, you know, it's not that I want to be able to do exactly them or be them as it is, but I'd like to have the level of skill, understanding, be able to generate the kind of quality that they do. Like right. I, look, I look at your miniatures, Vince, and like if I just saw one miniature at a paint competition, I feel like I would be able to say like that one's Vince's. You know what I mean? Like because you have that a style that becomes recognizable. Yeah, because it's blue and pink. Yeah. But also, it's like Vince's blends are super smooth. There's like you know what I mean? Like there's just things about it that like you can stylistically tell that this is either vince or someone following the method that vince has kind of put out there through hobby cheating and the youtube videos which is is great right you know and um like and there are other painters out like sean benson i feel like sean benson's paint style is very much you look at it you go oh, yeah that's, sean. Like that's yeah. sean's work yeah you know what i mean like and that's that's kind of where i would like to be i think my soul blood army is getting there it's really stylistic would be a good way to put it right yeah and it's hard it's hard to develop your own like voice in that medium right because there is because there is so many choices you have to make there's so many different other people who are going to give you conflicting sort of ideas of what you want to do it can take a while to develop your own your own style right but i think that is you're right that there are certainly artists within this community that i look at and go oh you just know that's them right yeah yeah i mean and on top of that like people get intimidated by painting and like you know or they they don't have the same desires or like you know what i mean like i i pick an army and i go this is the project i want to do x you know like my my ko was the i was like i want to try freehanding shit so that's what i did and i'm happy with the way it came out is it the best freehand in the world absolutely not but i'm pretty proud of it you know what i mean i did a good job i feel like i accomplished what i wanted to accomplish do i want to get better at freehand of course you know but that's just that's just the approach to the you know how you do things do i I think that a lot of people make the mistake of doing things they don't enjoy to try and emulate. You know, you gotta right. you gotta enjoy the ride. You're spending a lot of time painting models if you're gonna be you know paint well to the best of your ability. You're always spending the most time because you're painting to the best of your ability. So you know you, you have to enjoy the time you spend doing it. If you're fucking miserable the whole time, you're not gonna do a good job. Yeah, agree completely. I I think that. I think there's also something that has to be done that you've got to, you know, figure out how to discover that joy. And I think a lot of that comes from the fact that there is a sort of standard painting method everybody learns when they start this and not realizing that there's there's a lot of different ways to paint. And, you know, you might you might say, well, I hate painting. Well, it's like, no, you, you maybe you do. Maybe you just hate painting in the only way you've ever been shown to paint. Exactly. Like yeah. I'm like my next army, like uh, I'm pretty much like going to dedicate doing oil washes i think i'm going to do a lot of oil washes because i think it's like a tool that i've never used super interesting you get some really cool effects with it and it's just like all right i'm shifting on to this next part getting this next tool in my bucket yep you know? yeah i think one i think that's really good joe i think a lot of people don't think about it like that and they should which is you know just because you're army painting doesn't mean you can't treat it as a learning opportunity right you can you yeah. can figure out things to do as part of the army to work on, uh, to grow with. And, and it can be a technique. It can be, you know, maybe you don't work normally with a certain color. You have problems with a certain color. It could be anything. Right. Yeah. But you, just because you're painting an army doesn't mean you have to stop learning. Exactly. And like, it's totally fine to have the first miniature in your new army, not be painted as well as the last. You should always be. You kind of want to hope for I mean? that. And, 
Yeah, like 100%. Yeah, I, I, I've never, I judge obviously a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, tournaments, right, for, for paint. And I've never once looked at a, at a at an army and seen like some difference in the quality of the paint where it was kind of obvious as they went along, like I could almost trace the chronological history and I marked somebody down for that. Quite the opposite. It showed me they were still pushing and improving, right? And if I can see the things that are stand out, that's what I want to hold them to. Yeah, exactly. You know, and also painting miniature, like some people also get caught up on the idea that painting miniatures for competition and painting miniatures for an army should be treated the same and they shouldn't. Yeah, painting an army is not something that you need to push to the standard that you're going to do a bust for a, a crystal brush. You know what I mean? Like, it's you're going to burn yourself out, man. That's like that's too much. And then also, it the pushing your quality that far on a massive amount of shit takes away from the amount of work that you did because no one's going to be able to focus on the individual aspects, right? They're going to see a ton of shit going on in like this huge space. And they're going to not know where to put their eye for when you paint for an army for a standard, you're going to do like your centerpiece models are going to stand out. Then you have your infantry and like, you know, you'll have, you'll do all of them to a good quality, but like you want to direct the eye in like a flow, like all that kind of is important. And I, I think a lot of people make the mistake of not doing that, you know, but it is what it is, dude. Like I, I, I don't consider myself a pro painter. I think I'm a good painter. I'm happy where I am. I want to always improve, and that's that. You know, what I mean, like, so, um, at, at ACO, I remember someone like asking me for in-depth painting advice, and I was like, you know, who you should hit up this guy Vince. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, there's just too. It's too much. You know what I mean? Like, there is no right and wrong in art. You know what I mean? It's not about the percent yes. It's about the raw. It's about the the result. So like, just like, you know, do what you want to do. Like, you, I like. I don't well, know, our I friend, just feel like... our friend Will, uh, he's at Slow Nice on Twitter. His his approach to painting miniatures is so different than like you're talking about, Vince. The way we all learn to paint, which is like base coat, wash, highlight, line, edge highlight repeat right GW yeah exactly exactly yeah. so like when he when he approaches these models he's like using a combination of dry brushing and like glazing just with white with over black to establish sure. value and then he does just tons Inks, yeah. of little glazes until he gets the color he wants for each section of the model and it confuses me so much i've told him like I think I like where you're going with this, but he'll, he'll send a work in progress and it'll be halfway done. And I'll be like, I have no idea what I'm looking at. The right. colors are nice, right. but like until you show me the finished product, I'm going to be very confused by this model and it works for him. So like, absolutely. He should continue pursuing the way that works for him. Yep. Yep. Exactly. It's, it's a great example of one. I, com I completely agree with Joe's point that there's no right way in this. I, I, I want to see people be more experimental with their armies to do things that they think are more fun, that are more in their individual voice. And two, your point, Jacob, is very well taken, right? That there's there's so many different roads people could go down to achieve this stuff. And yeah, you know, it doesn't like you can get to any city you want on a lot of different roads. You still end up in the city, right? It's not like you have to take the one super highway we all were taught was the one the, the way in. Yeah. Yeah, agreed.
it's like but it's it's just unfortunate that so many of us kind of get our foot in the door with miniature painting at a games workshop because they're going to teach you their method and you're going to feel a lot of these people don't become exposed to the fact that miniature painting is more than warhammer do you, you think know, I, I could do you think their incentive in teaching that method is to help people get painted miniatures on the table and continue to buy product and paint more stuff or do you think it's to sell their paints which are designed paint. to fit that model I would say it's that more than anything, but I mean, cause they're, they're, they're a business trying to make money. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think the answer can be a taco girl answer, right? Which is why not both like the advantage to turning art into a step-by-step process, much like paint by numbers before it or anything like that. Right. Or have you seen the little crystal art where it's got like, like where you, you push the little beads onto the the thing and then you seal them in do you know what i'm talking about are you talking about bedazzling no it's not bedazzling it's these tiny tiny teeny tiny little color beads and it makes whatever it doesn't matter the point is you start with like a flat picture of the thing that's kind of generic and has the colors in and then you like you put the purple beads on the purple spot and so on and so forth whatever so color by numbers but with beads kind of yeah and and my point is is that like anytime you turn that kind of art into a process what you do is you lower the barrier of entry right if I, because I don't, that value sketching method that, that Slanice is using, you have to understand value and contrast and what's the appropriate, like, what does that mean, right? There's like a lot you have to unpack before you, you use a method like that, right? Whereas what you have to learn to use the GW method is this thing should be green. I painted a green. I use the dark green wash. I use the one step up highlight, and then I use the two steps up edge, right? And those are all there. So the products support the process. Yeah. But it also, it lowers the failure rate. Like people, if they follow the method, you will get something that looks reasonable. Yeah. I mean, another, another style that I'm really interested in getting in is just doing Zenithal highlighting on everything and then using only inks. Right. I think that you could get some really cool effects with that and like mixing inks and that's sort of for different colors. I've been, I've been wondering about the, the Wapple method of just like all glazes all day, use it for value, use it for, use different glazes to get deeper, richer colors that you wouldn't normally get with one or two coats of the same color and highlighting. It's definitely something. Well, and he's also a big fan of working, you know, completely in oil paints or something like that, which is again, very different, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So, you know, I mean, James is a tried and true artist. Like he is He went to art school. Yes, he went to art school. But he's also an army painter exclusively. Like all of the awards he's ever won for painting, which are many and multitudinous, are just stuff he painted for his army that he put in a competition. Right. Well, and he's because he's because he's, he's very fast, even though he's he's very good. It's and I hate to shout this show out because it makes me think I'm gonna have to take a bite of food while in the air in a minute. But I heard him on Garage Hammer once and he talked about how uh he when he's doing the first couple layers of paint on his armies he holds his brush at the very end of the brush because he can't look at detail he just slaps on color tons and tons of color yeah yeah. because he won't get fatigued he'll get that color on there faster than someone else who's doing all their base coats and like paying too much attention to oh i got a little bit on the tunic here oh i shouldn't have got that on the bicep there getting everything covered getting really great coverage and then going back and doing all of his his uh his washes and and all that jazz 
Oh, yeah, it's cleaning right, stuff crazy. up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, so that actually leads into a really fun question. I know we're losing you for we're losing you here, Vince. So we can we can go with the last question here if if you need to call it. Um, sure. You you surprise me sometimes with the the references you make. Uh, okay. And the one that stands out to me more than any is when you were doing the review of the new Slanesh book at the end of 2.0, and you were talking about how a Slanesh player, if they were going to be good, was going to have to use a Seeker Cavalcade, and they were going to park their Big Mac truck right in the little garage of the six-inch pylon. And so that leads me into the question, because that surprised me. I'm not going to lie to you. You quoting uh, wet-ass pussy surprised the shit out of me. And okay. I, so my question to you is, what what is it that you're not telling us about who you are in your downtime? Are you are you just a huge Cardi B fan? Do you listen to a lot more hip hop than people give you credit for? Do you consume a lot more memes and media than people know? Are you are you listening to like Saweetie and these like uh, these female rapper anthems about getting dick when they want it and how they want it and getting paid and someone paying their tuition or paying her tuition with their paycheck. Like what, what aren't you telling us Vince? That's a good question. So the answer really is there. Do I listen to that? Sure. Of course. Amongst many other things. Do you remember the Simpsons bit where Homer's dad comes in and says, I used to be with it too, but then what it was changed and now I don't know what it is and it'll happen to you too. You remember this? Mm -hmm. It it gets memed a lot, right? And part of what I've tried to do in my life is stay in touch with pop culture. That is to say with like what, what is in the zeitgeist at any given point in time. I don't see any reason why what I happened to experience, I, I have almost no nostalgia. Okay. It's not, I, I do not think that anything that happened when I was 12 years old is by default any better than something happening. at this So it's not just a soup thing. It's not just a soup thing. Yes. I, I have no nostalgia, more or less, period. Okay. What about emotion? Are do, do you feel emotion? Or bad. A little. Okay. What is that quote from American Psycho? The only emotions I feel are greed and disgust. <laughs> it's like... I mean, I often describe myself as a high-functioning sociopath, right? Like that's that's how I think about it. Uh, but like, I've I've the the nature of what I try to do is just always kind of I don't know, know what's going on, stay in, t- in tune with things. If something is interesting and and out there, yes, I will I will listen to it. I will listen to new music. I will listen to very old music. I will be there. It is. Rip it. Rip it. There it is. Uh, so yeah, sure. Like I thought that song was really good. And I listened to it like a hundred times in one day when I get a song that I'm enjoying, I'll just put, throw it up on loop and I'll listen to it for hours, you know, but at the same time, you know, my Sirius XM selection is, is pretty all over the shop, right? Like it would not be uncommon for me to shuffle through something like that into like a, Nine Inch Nails Pretty Hate Machine track into like a Frank Sinatra standard. And I don't see anything unusual about that, right? Like those are, they're all things that I like and I think are good. So like if it's good, it goes in the good category. If it's, up, if it's not, it's it doesn't. Then it's up. Then it's stuck. Then yeah. it's up. 
Yeah. Um, you know what's funny is I always thought to myself, and this is really weird, and I guess a weird thing to view into my mind, is that if I won Lotto and had like unlimited <laughs> I money, love this question. I would I, I would recreate the WAP music video. But it would be wet ass palette after <laughs> after a rap that Jacob wrote, and then I was gonna pay you Vince to dress like um, Kylie Jenner, uh, Kylie Jenner, and do that whole scene where you walk in. <laughs> but, First of all, I love this idea, and I will pre-commit to it now. So when you when you hit the numbers and have this kind <laughs> of money to throw around, consider me consider this talent booked. Okay, you don't got to worry about it. Oh yes, yes. Joe. This I'm means you so have to start sorry. playing Lotto. <laughs> I know, I know. Count me, in. <laughs> Count me in. So yeah, I mean, I think the answer to your question, really, Jacob, is I, I, you know, I don't, I have a pretty wide variety of tastes, and I try to uh, be aware of, you know, what's going on. Like, I, simple example, I haven't played video games in more than, God, I don't know, almost ten years, probably, because I just, I don't have time for it. Like, maybe, maybe eight to ten years since I've really played any video games. Here, you don't so. have time, or you don't make time. I don't have time. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. a video game has no psychological utility for me. Right. Whereas painting, I've created something. I've done something that uh, I now have and I've created. There's nothing I create in a video game. It is it yeah. is. It, it, now, don't get me wrong. I get why people play them. I played many video games for many years and had a fondness for them at the time. It's relaxing. It's fun. It's enjoyable. I'm not coming down on on you know empty sounds like you're yucking some some, some serious like, yums out there Vince. that's what i'm saying i'm saying if you're if you enjoy it go right ahead but i am saying that also you have to be aware of what it is which is non-productive right? right and there's a certain amount of that you can do that's healthy because that's good for your mental health to to be able to unwind to be able to you know just have something that is fun and relaxing and and you know there's no pressure of any kind right. on it but you but like anything like that if you do it too much it's bad because you're you're wasting your life, right? Um, okay, Dad. So, yeah. So Are I, you I balance. Some? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, you know, balance is an all is always my my thing as in all things, yeah. right? So, but so I haven't played a video game in years and years and years, but I still watch every Yahtzee uh, video game review when that he puts up you know, because I find him to be an entertaining creator and I like to understand what video games right. are coming out and what people are playing and stuff like that. Right. So I, I just, it's good to know right. that kind of thing. Yeah. So I actually, it was like, I guess it was more of a punchline of a question because I actually, I agree with you. And I think that, that music and sex are the two things where you can just, you, you never can tell what kind of person someone is in those contexts without talking to them, without actually asking, because I think it was um, Julie and Julia, the the Meryl Streep movie about the gal who made a blog yeah. following Julia Child's cooking book. Uh, yeah. And they sort of, they go into Julia Child's marriage and like her husband is this complete square. Staley Tucci is this like really vanilla, really uninteresting guy. But then when they're in the sack, he is just absolutely going to town. He is just tearing it up. And you just can't assume. Like even the the like worst, least socially interactive or least interesting or least considerate person you know, 
maybe they give head better than anyone else in the entire world. And none of us will ever know that. That Dan Caravan gives the best head in New York City. We all contain multitudes. You know, that's the that's the trick. Yeah. So oh, that's true. I want to keep recording, but I saw you yawning, Vince. Uh, how about this? How about this? When, right. we, gotta, when we come back, how about this? when we come back, we're gonna do an in-depth <laughs> review of uh, of the the issues and and sort of unpack and problematize uh, the iOS Coach YouTube show. But we'll be right back after these after this this musical interlude. Real quick before we go to our break, uh, Vince, who's your favorite doctor? Who's my favorite? What I didn't I didn't catch you said, Joe. Doctor. My favorite doctor, Doctor Doom, no question. Easy really, answer. over Dre? Doctor, Doctor Doom is the greatest of all time. He is cannot be judged. Doctor Doom is simply what it means. What is fear? Fear is like love. It is a thing for lesser men. What is fear to Doom? Okay, like yes, Doctor Doom fought an entire enemy universe and won because he had more strength of will than an entire enemy universe. That's Doctor Doom. Oh, I was gonna say mine's Matt Smith. <laughs> oh, that's also fine. If you're gonna say my favorite doctor, like Doctor Who doctor, it's definitely Matt Smith. I agree with that. I didn't even know Matt Smith was a Doctor Who guy. I thought that was the guy that gives you your epidural. <laughs> that's Doctor Han. Doctor Han. Oh, my favorite yes. doctor is my wife. Uh, my wall. You can't. You guys can't see it. I don't think you ever seen it in the show. But like, right? You you were you two are looking at me right do now. Don't do that. If, if, <laughs> don't. Yes. <laughs> yeah, to put your arm down. <laughs> <laughs> the wall directly to my right is the is a giant like I have the entire wall is done up to be the tenth doctor's TARDIS. So when you walk into my office, it looks like you're looking down oh. into the tenth doctor's TARDIS. Oh wow. Which is tenants, because that's like that was really where I jumped uh, on in a big way. Like it was in it was in Tenant's run and my wife showed me Blink and was like, You've got to watch this show and, and that that hooked you, me in. You know, it's really funny because it's the same story for me. My wife was like, You need to watch this episode and it was the, the don't blink episode. That's the yeah. only episode I've ever yeah. seen and I loved it. Yeah. Um I, I asked because you have that frame poster of the TARDIS behind you. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Uh but I mean like all of my this right here you can barely see the poster, but this poster out in my Warhammer room is for a movie called Wait, Gun this Crazy, isn't your is... Warhammer room? <laughs> no, this is my office. That's my Warhammer room. Then next to that's my D&D room. And then this is my museum over here to myself, I guess. I have so many rooms in my house. <laughs> Move to the Midwest, buddy. There's a lot more, a lot of land out here. Just not a lot of wages and unions. Yeah, yes. no, definitely not. So. But yes, Matt Smith. Yeah, the eleventh Doctor is is my favorite. Uh, I feel like Eccleston got screwed. He should have had two seasons. He should have. He was really good. I liked him a lot. But they gave Matt Smith all the really amazing lines, like his introduction when he's like, "I'm the Doctor," so basically, run right, and the and the aliens just like take off. Is that's fantastic. The line where he's con- where he's confronting the weeping angels in the um, that are like slowly regenerating in the the base with the marines or whatever, and he's like, "There's one thing you put it you must never you you never ever put in a trap if you want to survive." And the the one weeping angel who's talking to the dead rookie is like, "What's that?" And he's like, "Me." And then he pulls the trick that just flips everything on its head, right? Like that's I mean that's an amazing line. I've used that line with D and D characters before because you know of course when you got a flex, you pull out a 
you pull out a doctor line. Yeah, I feel like I feel like um, Capaldi just didn't get the best writing. You know, like that's kind of where I fell off because I I didn't. You know what it was? Is Capaldi was fine. I did not like what's her name, the companion, the girl who lived. I hated. Oh, her. Clara. So, yeah, I like I like to look at her, you know, but I didn't. I just felt like the writing they gave her was so bad. And it yeah. was like big shoes to follow up after Amy and Rory. And, sure, sure. Know. Yeah, I mean, most of the... I think most of Capaldi's run was pretty underwhelming. I really like him as an actor. Did you ever watch the... Um, did you ever watch the the Three Musketeers uh, television show remake that, that came out? They did like three seasons of it. It was really, really good. I, I love the Three Musketeers. I'm a big, I'm a big Three Musketeers stan. Anyways, in the first season, first two seasons, I don't remember exactly now, but Capaldi plays uh, Cardinal Richelieu, and he was so good as Richelieu. So I knew him from that, and that was before he before he he left to go be the doctor. I think my favorite basically. thing about the Three Musketeers was the um, the dark chocolate ones that they give out at Halloween. <laughs> sure, yeah, those are. I mean, it's gonna ask if it was the nougat. That's pretty so great. On my list of, of dumb questions to ask you was what's something you love that everyone hates? And my answer was going to be uh, Three Musketeers bars because everyone seems to be pretty lackluster on them. But when you get the dark chocolate ones That's for Halloween, not, they're great. You're not picking a weird candy there. I'm not picking. That's not weird enough. Pick Bitter Honey or something <laughs> like that. You come to me and say, my favorite candy is Bitter Honey. And I'm like, yeah, you're a weirdo. You're a weirdo. I didn't say favorite. I just said I love it. I fucking love Mary Jane's, and that's like bit of honey. I yeah. love, I love them. I don't know what cow, cow tails. Cow tails are the shit. They rip my teeth out. That's see, that's psychopath answers right there. But like, are you serious? That makes me think you have you have like heads. You in don't your like cow tails? You're making no. Oh, I think they're so no. good. I. Well, first of all, I don't eat candy of any kind, so I don't eat any kind of like weird, kind of weird flex, but okay. Basically. So I, I haven't I, I haven't had candy for fifteen years. So no chocolate, no nothing. Candy. I only eat pussy. I'm <laughs> That's, he didn't say that. <laughs> it's not wrong, but it's uh but like I told you I live the life of an aesthetic, right? It's very simple. Simple things. Oh my god! So there you go, Vince. What's but, what's something? Sorry, we're we're just gonna keep going. I know you're tired, but we'll, we'll just talk about. Go, we'll we'll get you to talk about you. Some I got more. I got another t- I got another ten fifteen there minutes to me at least. So roll through. Um, what is something that you are super proud of yourself for that you don't talk about a lot? Something I'm super proud of myself for. Like mine, mine is about. my friendship with Joe Pagano. But I guess I do talk about that a lot. But go on, I'm listening. Yeah, sure, sure. Um. Uh, I'm proud of the fact that I feel like do you want the real sappy answer? Sure. I want, I want I'm, your, your truth, Vince. This is, this okay, is Vince after dark. Fine. You can talk about whatever you want. Yeah, that's fine. I, I I'm proud of I, who I am as a husband. Uh, I really mean that. Like um, I've had to grow a lot as a person to, to be a good partner to my wife. And, and she's been, she supports me in a lot of very real ways. Um, she's a, you know, we've, I've known my wife since I was 17 and we got married when I was 23. We started dating when I was 20 and lived in a different city. Like we had a long distance relationship for the first year of our relationship. And I can be kind of a jerk and I can be unreasonable sometimes. And she was has been tolerant and helped me grow as a person in a big way. And I, I'm, I'm proud of 
who I've become as somebody to support her as a, as a, as a husband, as a partner to her. So outside of, um, outside of being considerate and think of how things affect her that you do, because you do live a, a travel heavy and hobby heavy lifestyle. What is, what does that mean? Yeah. Like what do you, when you, when you talk about these things and you can feel free to wave me off and, and tell me to go fuck myself, like what, what does that, what does it mean when you talk about who you've become as a, as a person and a husband? Like what are those, could you give me some, some for instances? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so first of all, yes. Like, you know, being supportive of her and, 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 recognizing of my time and, you know, making sure I dedicate time to her, you know, that's a, that's a part of it. Right. Because as you, like, as I've talked about in this, and as you know, like I, there's a lot, I am, I'm always working and doing stuff. Yeah. So I have to, I have to carve out time specifically for her. Um, being there for her in the way that she needs me to emotionally support her, something mm-hmm. like that, you know, if she has a problem, I, my natural, I think this is something that, that I have in a lot of relationships. My natural instinct is to be a problem solver. And right. be like, oh, you should just do this and this yeah. and this, right? When that's not what she needs, wants at that moment, right? What she wants is emotional support, right. not to not a problem solve. So sort of recognizing that kind of distinction, right? you know, knowing when she needs me to make a decision and, and, and just pull the trigger on something because she's tired, because she's, you know, had a bad day, you know, whatever, right? Um. Yeah, that kind of stuff. That would be my answer. I love it. I appreciate that you you went deep. All right, I'll give you the real answer. No, I know I, that's that's what I appreciate about you, Vince. And that's what I appreciate about you, Jacob. Joe, do you want to answer this question? What are you most proud of? Uh, what am I most proud of? I don't know. It's, I'm not really into tooting my own horn that much, but I'm I'm a very good union guy i'm very involved well not so much right now because of the pandemic but like i will i love my union man i fight i'd fight for that till probably till i die you know what i mean i love you know, like i'm part of something the labor movement's really important to me and I, i'm good at what i do and you know I, I fulfill the contract we have agreement it's a fair day's pay for a fair day's work and i always do a fair day's work and i you know so I hold my end of the bargain and I do enjoy, um, I enjoy what I do and I, I'm good at it, which is something that I think I struggled with having, feeling like I was good at stuff. Cause I'm, I was good at, you know, being in bands and shit, but like, that's not something that you can really gauge your success on. Cause you could be the best band in the world and just not in the right place in the right time. And you're not going to do anything. Sure. Yep. Yeah, it's less meritocracy than you would you would sort of think outside of it, right? It's all luck. It's one hundred percent luck. If anyone who tells you otherwise is wrong, it's luck. It's just being being there in the yeah. right place at the right time. The right the right, the right person heard you and wanted to put you on a on a record. The yeah. right person then connected that to the right radio station and. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, I'm just being the two things that I've found outside of my family that the most validation in in my life is being a part of my local and playing in the warhammer community at tournaments and stuff i've had i've had the most positive reaction to those things in my life like they they are feel good things and they're like i still have bad days at work you know and there are days where i'm like why did i why do i yeah you sent me a picture where you were pretending to be uh in fucking die hard and you're like this is karma i hate my life why am i in here (laughs) So, 
This um, was Wednesday, by yeah. the way, Vince. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. I just had a cross yeah. and duck work. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. And like, you know, like it's it's important to me. And the labor is important to me. It's just, I think the working class is a really big part of society. And it's, we kind of, as a group, all kind of get shit on a lot by, you know, rich people. And we have a lot of power. And it's something that I, I feel like people need to be reminded of is that um, there is no profit without the worker. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's and every cute. time, every time duck guys are saying, oh, I fucking hate all electricians. Like, nope, that's what they want. They want us to, to point the finger at each other instead of looking at who's oh, yeah. making all this money off of us. Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, and it's just, it's something I grew up with. You know, everyone in my family were in different yeah. trades and unions. My uncle was vice president of American Airlines Union. Like, and it, it allowed me to live, grow up in New York City, somewhere super unaffordable. I, mean, I got, I own a home here. You know what I mean? Like, I got, life's good. You know, so I, I do love, I love being a part of that, that labor movement. And it's probably one of the things I'm proudest of. That's good, dude. I uh, recently got off my parents' cell phone plan. <laughs> Look, it's never too late to move forward. Okay. Little steps in life. That's fine. No, I, my, my, my first answer would be uh, that I'm a good father and that my, my daughter knows that I love her. Um, but she's also... 22 months old so like everyone loves her she's fucking gorgeous I, I, that's a weird system you're using can you tell me what that is in metric? yeah uh <laughs> yard and a half <laughs> um <laughs> is how many how many she can stomp um i don't know i outside like you said i mean you sort of you said outside of your family joe which is uh which is totally fair. And I think most parents will probably talk about their kids until the cows come home. You're an incredible dancer. What's that? You're an incredible dancer. I, I am an incredible dancer. That's less the thing I'm most proud of. And probably one of the things I regret most in life is not pursuing dance as a career. Cause there was a crossroads when I was 22. It was pursue dance as a career and education as a hobby or education as a career and dance as a hobby. I chose education because I knew I could keep the lights on with a, with a teaching credential. But you couldn't. <laughs> no, I could. It just wasn't very comfortable. <laughs> um, no, that's 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 something I'm proud of. But um, I'm I'm probably most proud of the friends we've made along the way. Yeah, the friendships we've built both through playing tournament Warhammer and also having. A shitty podcast where we talk shit about the people we hate most and people we love most. And they'll never know which one nope. they are. Sorry, uh, Sam. Vince, Vince, thanks for coming on the show, bud. It's been, I mean, uh, Vince. Um, <laughs> it's been great. It's been awesome. Uh, I'm glad. And I can't wait to see you again. Um, what's your next event that we're going to hit you at? It's not going to be Holy Hammer. Are you going to be, you're not going to be uh, at the boys, are you? I will not. No, just because the timing of it doesn't work. Um, are you guys going up to are you going to to boys i'm going Joe? to boys yeah okay nice yeah i guess that's not too it's i, I want to make it to it some year it's just the timing of it's really rough um it, it's maybe next year will be better because uh it's probably not a holiday for you the 11th is a holiday 
it's Veterans Day. So if, right. it's, if it's not in your contract, it's, but like for me, it's good because it makes it like a four day weekend without me really having to take off too many days from work. Gotcha. Um, it's not that long of a drive from Ohio, especially, you know. No, like, I've, I've mapped it out before. It's not far. I do want to make it one year. It, it is one that I want to go to. I think probably the next one in person, because I won't, I, I don't go to LBO. I, oh, ha, there's another thing I hate that people like. Vegas. Oh, Vegas is awful. <laughs> How about that? Everything there is amazing. Uh, it's fun to do, but it is an awful, awful place. It's just, yeah. It's not somewhere you can spend more than four days and at peak performance. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't like crowds, loud noises, people, or gambling, or drinking. I, so, okay, the gambling so, part actually catches me off guard, because I feel like you would enjoy mathematically the, like, the the playing playing correctly to the law of large numbers on a small sample scale. Yeah, but I mean, you're, the house wins. Like, sure, have I sat down and played blackjack for an hour or so and bet conservatively and walked away but still had money? Sure. You know, absolutely. Like, you know, and maybe like minimized my losses. I, I like blackjack. I think it's a fun game. Um, you know, I've been to Vegas way too many times for somebody who hates it as much as I do. Uh, but no, it, Vegas, the only thing I like in Vegas is, is magic because I love live magic. Uh, and I love going to magic shows. And I've seen like all the Vegas magic shows. So that's the good part. The only good part. I, I thought you were talking about the gathering. Me too. <laughs> I like that too. But I'm no, just, I'm, I'm specifically talking for mono about blue, and you give me a good, a good white, black, red, and I'm I just love it. Uh, I, first of all, I was always a white weenie player um, to begin. Okay, with. what about and Magic then, the Gathering? Yes, indeed, Badum <laughs> Ching. Uh, but the, um, but eventually, I, uh, uh, I you know migrated out as normal into all, everything else. Uh, but yeah, like no, I meant Magic like. Like the prestige, like that kind of magic, like what we were talking about earlier. Who do you think would win in a knife fight? Chris Angel or David Blaine. Copperfield? Oh. <sighs> Changed it up on you. You thought I was going to go Blaine. Blaine would if it was yeah. Blaine. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say David Copperfield, honestly. Um, quick story before we wrap it up. My dad in like the early 2000s was on the train and there was a guy sitting across from him rolling a coin on his fingers and he made it disappear and like made it reappear and shit. Sure. And that was just like cool shit, bro. Like, you know, being a typical New Yorker, like go fuck yourself kind of thing. And it was, sure. it was, it was David. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Well, before we go, Vince, anybody you want to shout out, you want to send some love to, you want to, um, hype up, I don't know, the new album by Doja Cat, whatever it is you want to shoot your shot. Well, I like, yeah, Doja Cat's good. Um, but like, let's see. Uh, obviously, thank you both. It was great. This is honestly a lot of fun. Hanging honestly? Out with you. I, no, I'm kidding. Honestly, I'm kidding. I love both of you guys. And oh. I would I would hang out with you anytime. It was, this, is a, this is an absolutely great time. Uh, you've mentioned him several times, so I'll just shout out Smorgan. Smorgan's been making some really fun content I've enjoyed recently. I hope he does more list labs regularly. It's just, it's fun to, to I like the way he thinks about. Are you going to Nuzlocke? In general. I love the Nuzlocke idea. What I've actually been trying to figure out is, what I've actually been trying to figure out is what is that actual system look like? So I don't mean like, what I think is, I think Nuzlocke's a good start. 
but I don't think it's I don't think it's quite the you right. You think answer. he's going far enough? Yeah, basically, I think that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Jacob. Um, you know, we need our Elder Dragon Highlander, right? We need to figure out what that thing is that sort of is the different way to play that we we sort of can self induce comp and and how how much do we make it work within the existing system and so on and so forth. And that's tough. That's a tough thing to answer. Um, but I like the I hadn't really thought about the idea until he got on about it. And it was I mean, like, I loved that episode. Because I think there's real potential there. I agree. Um, OK, so you saw us Morgan. Anybody else? Because I did cut you off. Uh, nope. Nobody else gets any credit. That's it. As, as it, as it should be. Us and Smorgan. Oh, I, I mentioned I mentioned Richard Gray earlier. I, if people aren't watching Richard Gray's YouTube channel where, you know, you're watching one of the best painters in the world paint stuff for free. He's teaching you all of his techniques. Like, I don't What are you doing with your life? Yes, they're long videos, but, you know, make time. Yeah. Make time for quality. Joe, any shout outs? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like to shout out um, a small time AOS YouTube channel called Warhammer Weekly. Um, but no, like if you want to who could I shout out right now? I'm gonna I'm gonna shout out Basil Infrared. Oh, great call! Just gonna shout out Basil till I die. Um, I'm so psyched that you have him for your it? secret Santa. Why would you say that? <laughs> yeah, Vince, every year we do Secret Santa. <laughs> Big group of AOS folks. It's a lot of fun. Next year, you can get in on that. I don't know if this nice. is frozen or he closed. Oh, no. He just no, no, I'm still here. Sorry, I was just deep in thought. <laughs> of like, how much longer is this going to take? <laughs> no, 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 no. I told no. him 10 minutes I, and I it was, was 15 applying... minutes ago. You know, behind the scenes, I was I was applying glue very carefully. So I was just actually focusing <laughs> on that. I was listening to everything you said, and I love a, 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 I love a good secret Santa. Um, and a good Italian herb. So... If you want to get in touch with Vince, you can do it in a couple ways, right? You have Vince, your Twitter handle is what? At Warhammer Weekly? Yep, at Warhammer Weekly. Uh, and then obviously Warhammer Weekly on just under the, my YouTube channel is under my name. But if you search for either Warhammer Weekly or Hobby Cheating, you'll find me. Um, so, but you can just search Vincent R. Venturella. I'm on Instagram under Vincent R. Venturella. Uh, on Facebook under my normal name. I don't have any super clever name for everything. I'm just, I'm just me. What is the R, Robert? Raymond. Raymond. Hey, Raymond. Everybody loves Vincent Raymond Venturella. Uh, My shout out is to John Anderson's wife. Hope to buy you a beer sometime. (laughs) (laughs) This has been Raymond Sigmar.